Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And we're going to do our Patreon shout outs really quick. Let's do it. So if you like our content, please consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Uh, your donation, we have different donation tiers with different exclusive benefits, but at the very least, you will get a shout out on the podcast where Young Me and I use our psychic abilities to guess Basically your entire identity. Or how you have sex, which is what we were doing. And people were like, please, please stop. Which is 95% of your entire identity. <laughs> <laughs> it's all we're interested in. Um, but you know, it's it's funny that this is the, uh, this is what you get at the bare minimum. Because I feel like this is the most, most uh, valuable thing for us to talk about you. Am I going to edit that out? No, that's. <laughs> I, feel we, like that's I don't what know if we're want. shitting on ourselves like or gassing no, no, each no, other. No, the top, the top tier is I give you a stick and poke tattoo, which nobody wants. So right, let's be right, honest. Right, right, right. And right. you got to pay a hundred bucks a month for that. Right, right. Nobody wants that. I think our. Uh, but I still think that's the best thing, and you should donate the hundred dollars for yeah. the stick and poke tattoo. Yeah, wink, that which wink, you you will wink. not ever regret. <laughs> I'll put it on your your forehead. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready for our shout outs, young me? Yeah. Okay, so our first shout out goes to Chaotic Baby Level. Okay. One name, Sabrina. Oh my God. Sabrina is such an anal name, meaning Whoa. anal sex, not like anal, not type A, like, you know? Oh, for man, I just had a brain lapse. I was like, what do you, what other meaning of anal is there? Other than <laughs> anal sex? You're like, what? <laughs> Not like I'm a perfectionist anal, like, you know. Oh, so Sabrina is, anal. Sabrina's butt doing beads. a sloppy job at her corporate, at her corporate office, but she's all about the anal sex. What, what if the word, like, what if you were into, what if anal meant that you were into anal and then you were also like an anal person? Like you were a perfectionist that likes butt sex. I mean, that sex. is literally the word anal, what it means. No, no. <laughs> and but it what is if, in the realm what if of possibility. those two meanings are tied together? Like oh. if you're one, you're always the other. I would, I, I think if you're really into anal, my instinct tells me that you're kind of chaotic everywhere else in life. Sloppy. You said yeah, sloppy. Yeah. Because okay. anal is like a way of, that's like, it's all about control, you know? What a weird word for that. Or actually, personality, anal. I why, it, why is it anal? No, no, no. I take that back. I take that back. Okay. I think your theory is correct. Incredibly anal at the workplace. Yeah. And then anal sex is the most let loose. I don't give a shit. So it's like two sides of the same coin or something. Right, right. Do you think this is, she is definitely taking her donation back? <laughs> One thousand. Like, like, Sabrina, I was like, the word anal comes to mind. <laughs> oh God, so in that here case, we go. I really uh, need money. Sabrina is a managing director at Morgan Stanley and yes. love, wears a butt plug while she's talking to C-suite executives. Anal in the best way possible. But when she comes home to her Tribeca two-bedroom apartment, fucking loves anal sex. All and right. she is going to take away this donation as soon as she hears this. This is fine. <laughs> I don't think I've ever I'm seen you make a prediction. right now. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you make a prediction that quickly. I just, as no, soon I know, as, this is not about as, this person. The name the phoning, Sabrina to me. Like I just, the A just flew off of my tongue, Sabrina. And you, you were like, anal. You know what I think <laughs> it is? It's the name Sabrina. It's like those names that are like Nancy that are like, everyone's always like, oh, every Nancy you've ever met is a bitch, which I don't think is true. But like people say that about those names. Sabrina, that name itself to me sounds like in seventh grade, there was like a rumor about the Sabrina in my class that she did anal. And for some reason that's like stuck with me. That's crazy. You know what I mean? I think this is a testament to how lawful and big pastor energy I have. Because when you when you said Sabrina and Nancy, I'm thinking Sabrina the taint, Sabrina the witch, <laughs> definitely not anal. And Nancy, I'm thinking the like not the Hardy Boys, but there was the Nancy, Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe maybe that maybe this is a me thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready for our second shout out? Yes. Another chaotic baby level. I apologize if I am mispronouncing your name. Lee Lin. L Y L Y N N. L Y L Y. Lin. Oh, L Y. Oh, hot. You know, I like the double sounding names. I always, I always say that. I think hot the double sounding. sounding names is very Christian. What is, this is just us I'm projecting thinking, no, I'm again. I'm thinking like arc and big Arkansas energy. 
Arkansas? Leland is a big Arkansas energy name. Do you think this person lives in Arkansas? Lives in Arkansas. Okay. Um, very Christian. Okay. Save themselves until marriage. However, mm. now happily married and enjoying a healthy sex life. That's my prediction. Hmm. I see a haircut again. <laughs> <laughs> I predict the haircuts. Uh, I see like long hair, sides shaved. Side shaved, yeah, yeah. tattoo in the head that says, I love anal. Maybe. No. <laughs> I didn't say that. Brian said that. I, I said swear that. to God, this person has long hair and okay. then shaved sides. Leland. Psychic. Psychic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Leland, thank you for your donation. And our last shout out for this episode goes to lawful adult level Saki Lee. S-A-K-I Lee. Saki Lee. This name sounds very familiar. Like maybe I see them on our socials. You know them. Yeah. I have a really bad memory. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I ever talked about how, how bad of a memory I have. Like it's so bad that I like now when I see people, I just say nice to see you. Cause like so many times I've been like, nice to meet you. And they're like, we've met like five times. And like, I feel like they think I'm doing it on purpose to fuck with them. I need that kind of energy. Even if we've met five times, I would never have the audacity to be like, um, we've met many times and I'm going to make you feel bad about it I right just now. Have a re- I feel like I have like face blindness. I think that it's like pathological. I don't think it's like, you know what I mean? Oh, so you straight up just have some form of aphasia then. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I, I think that this is like, I think I saw like tweets about it. Like if you have like really severe depression okay. or any sort of like, that's like tied to this, like mm. bad memory. So to tie this all uh, together, Saki Lee. I know them. <laughs> loves. It's my best friend. Um, she's all about, she's finds herself hooking up with guys who say a different name in bed. <laughs> Are you saying that she's forgettable? I'm <laughs> just kidding. Well, I was like trying to connect your story with this. And instead I just came off as a huge bitch and said something really. <laughs> I, wait, how do you know this person identifies as a she? Cause we've talked about this. You always, I'm just guessing. At okay. This point. You're I'm always guessing. right though. I don't, I don't know. Saki. You've never been wrong. Cause like, I can't tell like, all right. Well, names. in this case, I'm getting self-conscious. Saki Lee. He's a, he's a fuck boy who always, he never remembers names. That's my guess for something about, yeah, something about memory. That's like my psychic guess too. something about memory. (laughs) (laughs) Not our, not our best prediction. No, (laughs) I think that this person is actually very active on our socials. That's why the name sounds familiar. Therefore they deserve the most detail, but instead we're giving him like an obtuse abstract. Saki Lee, something about, um, I'm thinking, I'm seeing a chair. And that's it. I'm just seeing a chair. <laughs> Do with that as you please. No, this is my psychic. This is my real psychic prediction of Saki. Sorry, I was like, I went off on a tangent about my memory and then I forgot <laughs> where I was. This is my actual read. Okay. Um, This person is in their early 20s. She has long hair. Okay. She has one cute tattoo somewhere on the shoulder like area. A, shoulder, like a very, upper arm. Like a very light angel wing. Yeah. Yeah. That's my prediction. Please message me if I was right. Cause like that was like some real strong, like psychic vibe. That I got. <laughs> Hit me. Anyways, thank you for your donations guys. And if you are interested, you can do so at patreon.com slash feeling Asian and young me, are you ready to introduce our guest this week? Yeah. Let's I'm so it. excited for our guest this week. Um, I'm sure everyone that's listening has heard of her. She is a very accomplished actor. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Again, I'm so sorry. What? I'm so, I don't know what that was. That was my psychic energy. Maybe, I feel like maybe. Mary's going to become an actor. It's going to happen. Okay. Do you want to do it oh, again? You heard it here first. Okay. I'm so excited for our guest this week. I'm sure that all our listeners have heard of her. She's a very accomplished author. Every end of a human being. Everybody give us your ears for Mary HK Choi. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm enchanted to be here. I'm enjoying your psychic connections to other realms. Uh, how, what'd you think of our predictions? I thought they, they were, um, <laughs> I thought the part where you said they were like vague and obtuse was really on base, but then I really think young me, like 
it coalesced really beautifully for the Saki Lee situation. And I too am very curious about the tattoo on the shoulder. I feel that very strongly. When you said that, I, I felt a kind of recognition. So I feel like maybe... We'll see. Maybe yeah, it came to me. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> I'm just impressed because Mary just dropped the word coalesced in casual combo in a perfect way. And I'm like, yep, you are an author. Actor? <laughs> author? You are an author. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. So I was just like, yes, exactly. <laughs> You're like, anal, I was like, actor, author, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly what Mary said. <laughs> oh, um, man. But we're really, really excited to have you on the podcast. And before we ask you how you feel, Brian, how are you feeling? Oh, you cut me off there. Well, because you always make me go first. Right, right, right. I am feeling not great. I know I'm being very vague. Um, just there's some stuff going on this week. I'm not, uh, I know this podcast is about being very transparent and open. Um, when it comes to this, I, I'm not quite ready to talk about what's been going on in my personal life, but it has left me feeling very, very, uh, nervous, worried, um, and just very anxious. And, Mm. um, that's hard. You know, I'm, I am, uh, yeah, I'm just not quite myself these days. And I, I'm just trying to concentrate on actionable items like meeting a friend for a drink or playing tennis with a friend outdoors because those are activities that can that helped me get out of my head. But um, in the frankest terms, I'm not, I'm not my best self right now. And yeah, Um, (laughs) sorry. Oh, wait, why are you sorry? I don't know. There was like a long pause and I felt like I needed to fill in that air with something. Don't be sorry. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you are sharing that and I'm not sure how to react because I don't really know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think it takes a lot of energy and effort to even say and admit stuff like that openly. So. Right. Right. And it's, um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's very front of mind for me right now. Mm -hmm. It's, I feel like it would be dishonest to not even talk about how I'm feeling in that in regards to this thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just not quite, uh, there yet to share in a public forum, but with, in regards to my feelings, I'm okay to share that. I'm not. Yeah. Well, um, I feel bad for being a bit of a Debbie downer right now, but it is what it is. Don't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel concerned Mm -hmm. and, you know, I obviously just feel concerned for you, but I don't think you should ever feel bad about saying that you're not okay. Yeah. This is, you know, what we're here to do and say. Totally. So. Yeah. And I will, you know, doing this podcast does make me feel better, even outside of what goes on week to week. It is a, a form of escape for me where... Right. It's it's like a forced time to be very present and to listen. So this this is always a nice safe space for me. So I'm happy to be doing this right now. Would you, so it's making you feel better to be sort of engaged in doing this? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. It's yeah. like a healthy distraction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on with you, but I feel like that's a that's like an important thing to say. I think sometimes when big things happen or negative things happen, people feel like they have to like marinate in it or just not do anything else. But for a lot of people, I think doing work or like focusing on school or going out and like hanging out with your friends, like that's, that's like a a welcome distraction, you know? Yeah. It's like your brains aren't like wired to, constantly be in a state of worry right you need right. a little release so right oh i'm sorry it's okay how are you feeling young me 
Um, I mean, uh, you don't want to say anything else. I feel like I'm sorry. I, I think it's hard because like when your friends say they feel bad, it's like my whole paranoia, which sometimes like judge myself for this because I feel like this is kind of narcissistic. But my whole paranoia is like I'm not doing enough to make you feel better. Do you know what I mean? No, no, not at all. Okay. Yeah, it's nothing about you at all. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's more for privacy sake and right, right. I just, I know this is a podcast and everything, but, um, yeah, I don't feel, I don't want to disclose what's going on. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm not trying to say you should say, I'm just right. saying like, I feel like <laughs> no, you saying, no, 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 you're, you're totally okay. fine. You're totally fine. You're totally fine. No, I feel like that. And then I get paranoid. I'm like, oh, I'm, am I making this about me? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the spiral. No, no, okay. it's fine. You're, you're, you're great. Thanks. Just being here in the room with me makes me feel comforted and a lot better. Okay. So as you as you are just sitting here, you're doing great. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> he just gave me a pity a, a pity tap on my shoulder. How huh. are you feeling though? Um um well, I'm feeling also I have to say I'm feeling bad, but I am okay talking about it um i have like this uh i had this really big fight with my mom this week oh no and i mean it was my birthday a few days ago happy birthday my mom ruined my birthday again Uh, (laughs) you know i was i was actually talking to my friend about this and when you have like a you know, like I've, I've been sort of open about my parents and they have like sort of mental illness issues. When you have like that sort of a dynamic with your parents, there's this one thing that tends to happen where if there's a big holiday or like your birthday or something like that, they tend to like make it bad. Like I talked about this last year in the Christmas episode, like yeah. my mom would like during Christmas, she would be like, my dad would had this weird thing where he needed us to have a lot of toys like that would make him feel better because we were like really poor growing up. And so then he would like borrow money and then my mom would go along with it. And then the Christmas day we would wake up and open gifts and I'd be like, yay. And then inevitably throughout the day, she would get really angry at me Mm. and be like, Oh, cause of you, I had to borrow money and I look, I look an idiot and everyone thinks I'm poor just cause you could have a good Christmas. And then I would be like eight years old and being like, I, I don't want any of this shit, you know? And so Christmas for me is like a hard holiday because I feel like this like inevitable like iron hammer that's going to come. If somebody buys me something, I get really uncomfortable because I'm used to feeling like, oh, somebody bought me something. Now I'm going to get yelled at, right? Right. That sort of thing. So holidays tend to be hard for me. And I feel like because it was my birthday, my mom sort of like, there was like a little backlash. Mm. Like, um, so I had this fight with my mom because I was, you know, I called her and I was like, I'm ha- I'm having a really hard time because like I'm so broke, you mm. know, like just through the pandemic and like my business and everything's like going bad. And I just called her like just being like, hey, uh, like, you know, you just call your mom. I Not asking for anything because I know my mom's also broke. I yeah. was just like, I just need like, I just need to tell my mom that I'm sad. Yeah. And I'm having a hard time. Yeah, yeah. And she just like freaked out. She started like crying and like oh, that no. she said, and then she was like telling me how it was like all my fault. And she was like, you know, I don't know why you can't, you can't just like move back here and like become a maid and you can like clean people's houses and you speak English so you can be a nanny and they'll give you like so much money. They'll give you like $3,000 a month if you just live with them. And I was just like, I was like, what are you saying? I don't understand what you're saying. Like I could, I could do that here and make more money. Why would I go to Korea and do that? And she was like, you know, you could just like clean houses. And then I was like, I was like, why would I clean houses? Like, why is that the thing that you think I should do? Right. And my mom was like, how dare you act like you're above house cleaning and being someone's nanny? Like, do you think that the people that do that for you are underneath you? And I was like, no, I never said that. But that like, why is that? 
why is that what I have to do? Like, there's so many other ways that I can make money similarly. Like, why did you think of suggesting that for me? And it just reminded me of like, when I talked to my therapist before, like my mom would make me do these like really humiliating things when I was a kid. Like Mm -hmm. she would make me like stand in front of school and sell like Kool-Aid for like a dollar. And we would always lose money doing it like Mm -hmm. every week. And I was like, I don't understand why we're doing this. And she would complain and be like, oh, we lost money doing this. And I was like, what is the purpose of doing this? It's not the money. And my therapist like helped me realize she was like, there's something with your mom where she like feels the need to like humiliate you. And there is like, she's never going to admit to it, but like there's something there where she's like, and you know, it like, for me, it came to a big realization that my mom like really has a lot of self-hatred and that's an extension of her personal self-hatred where she's like, she's, I think in her head, she really thinks that very lowly of herself. And so Mm. for me, it was like, just me like living a life. It it, it almost was like, she was kind of like, how dare you think you can like do whatever the fuck you want and like open a business. And you think you're like, and she kept like during our fight, she kept telling me like, Mm. why did you, why do you think you want, why do you want to live in New York city? Like, why do you think you, you should live in New York city? Like, it's so expensive there. You think that that's like where you belong. It's like this thing of, she's almost like being like, why do you think that you deserve to have anything? you Mm -hmm. should be a house cleaner you know what I mean and it was like there's so many layers to like when she's saying things like that to me that I'm like trying to process do you know what I mean where I'm like okay part of it is like part of it's like you're projecting like what you feel about yourself on me part of it is just like you maybe you're like feeling protective of me and you just want me there with you you know wait can I jump in at some point about this yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I just rambled. No, I feel like I had to dump it out. No, I really identify so much and I want to acknowledge your pain because that's really uncomfortable. And I just, Korean moms have so much codependent enmeshment. And I swear to mm. God, it does not occur to them on any level that you are a person that is like independent of her. Not even like independence, but like, a different entity than her. Mm. And like, so yeah, I think that it's, it's so frustrating. And I just, I have this in my experience where like, sometimes I go to my mother just to be like, hello person. I know who I respect, who I think about on the day of like, you know, my literal fucking birth out of your vagina. Like I want to be close to you in some way. And they're like, picking up a conversation that they've been having alone in their own head about how worried they are about you. And like you Mm -hmm. calling just basically to say hi, plus a little bit of extra information. They're just like, this is the confirmation of all my worst like suspicions and fears and no, 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 no. And also Korea, if she, since she lives there, it's like such a monoculture. And so like, you know, I feel like the coastal elite thing, it's like America is all about like bootstraps, exceptionalism, blah, blah, blah. And then like the coastal elites are like exceptional, exceptionalism on exceptionalism. And I think that like that scares the shit out of people who live in a monoculture, mm. especially a monoculture as sexist and fucked up as Korea is when it comes to like actual gender dynamics and systemic shit that's like cooked into like the very very traditionalist and oligarchical like patriarchy system that they have it's just Mm. that sounds so hard i'm really sorry about that i know that it's so hard i think people maybe the listeners that are listening to me talk about my mom like this can be like oh seeing it from her perspective And I can totally see it from her perspective, like, and feel bad for her and stuff like that. But, and the reason why I'm like really adamant in vocalizing my perspective of our argument Mm -hmm. is like my entire life, I've been seeing it through her perspective and being like, right? Obviously we all know, you know, our whole life, it's like, oh, my mom is mean to me, but she had a way harder life and I feel sorry for her. And I still feel that way. And that's like my initial reaction to be like, well, my mom is having a hard time and she's worried. So she's trying to protect me in her way. And recently, like you were saying, like, as I got older, I was like, there might be a different, like a more selfish perspective that I should look at this. You know what I mean? And, And trying to really analyze like what's fully happening. Totally. So that's like, 
And so in my head, there's like this, my old way of thinking being like, oh, you know, my mom just, uh, she's just like, has such a hard life and she's worried about me and I should care about her and she's just trying to help me. Like I should feel bad, you know, feel bad for her. Totally. And I think to Mary's point, there's that, there's a lot of codependency that occurs yeah. with those parental child relationships, and especially it, in our culture. It's not okay. It's not like, it's not okay no. at I think, all. I, mean, I, think I don't it, think you I were think saying that either. I think it results in a lot of gaslighting and yeah, so when you, lots of gaslighting. And so when you feel bad, they have a way of making you see things through their eyes. And yeah. like, you know, in your heart of hearts, like you have, you're in the right here. But you I mean, get gaslit yeah. into believing that you're in the wrong. And so it feels yeah. like you have this extra layer of shame on top of this bad feeling of like wrongdoing. Like, yeah, why did I do this to yeah, my mom? Yeah. And it's a lot. Yeah, you feel to bad. It's like you're hard. like somebody is, I feel like my mom's being mean to me, but then I'm like, she's like, no, no, no. You are the one that's like being snotty by saying that you're better than nannies or something. And then I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a bitch. No, and well, I feel it's like, like no, it's you're the, hurting uh, me. Like, like moms, the Korean moms are so fucking mentally ill this is a hundred percent across the board no i'm kidding like it's like <laughs> korean moms have this thing that well okay yeah. let me reframe that my korean mom is mentally ill so it's like they have that's, this, how, that's what i'm saying too mine not everyone's right they have the thing but also like, everyone's you know just i don't understand why i'm coming to you just for comfort and you're giving me the the like less thought through solution and then when mm. I question your solution, because you're like, you should just do this. And I'm like, am I really going to move to Korea to become a maid? She's not thinking about you physically actually moving. She's just giving you the solution that she's, that's going to make her guilt and fear just stop for the moment. But then yeah. when you say like, do you really think I should be a maid? She's like, oh no, this question is like every moral failing of mine that I've brought up this kid who thinks she's better than everyone. And of course, none of this is the conversation. And the thing that yeah, right, yeah, right. exactly. At all, I'm like, <laughs> no, totally. What like are my, you talking my, about? What are you talking about? I'm having about? like a visceral reaction. My body just recounting conversations that I've had like this before. Well, because Korean moms sometimes are like they say a thing, and then it's like the Men in Black light, and they don't remember anything yeah. that happened, and then they say another thing, oh and then God. it's the Men in Black light, and you're just like. Oh and you're like, oh my God. And so when they gaslight you, and I truly believe this to be true for my mother, she would pass a polygraph. She really oh. thinks, I think this. She really yeah. thinks I'm saying this to her. And so a little bit at this point, I'm like, can I accept that we're just having two conversations? And like, as long as I don't actually yeah. do anything in accordance with her advice, I'm probably going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I was talking, that's like the two conversations thing is important. Cause I feel like I, I was at the place where I was like, I just have to let her have this mm. conversation by herself mm. and I'm going to be here by myself and we're just having two conversations. I got to let that go. But then every once in a while, I'm just like, I can't do this. I can't do this right now. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. actually going through a hard time. I'm just here to receive the minimum amount of what I think I deserve from a mom, which is for you to just tell me it's going to be okay. That's all I want. You know, I'm not even asking you to send me money. Like I, right. you, she's never sent me money in my entire life. You know, I was just right. like, all I want is for you to be like, I'm sorry. But mm -hmm. instead I call her and she's yelling at me and calling yeah. me a fucking snob and lazy. And she's like, you think when times get tough, you can just la like, you're just lazy. She was like, you have to do whatever it takes. Like become a, I was like, I, I understand that it takes, I understand that when times get tough, I have to do whatever it takes. Like I've been a fucking server. I worked at a fight, you know, I've done every fucking job under the sun. Like, what do you think I was doing? Yeah. You know, my entire life. Right, right, right. Do you, I was like, why, what are, who are you talking to? Yeah. You know? Right. But well, anyway, when was your birthday? Was December 8th. Okay. So anyway, all I wanted to say, sorry, I didn't mean for that to be very long, but if you're trying to like weave through like the gaslighting and the manipulative, like whatever is hard, it's, it's hard to like see two different perspectives, especially totally. when you were brought up codependently. Yeah. And I'm glad you 
because that energy is, you know, it's like entropy. That energy is there. So I'm glad you were able to at least express it in this format because yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I find myself in similar situations where I have disagreements with my parents and because there's like such a strict hierarchical uh, structure in, in like Korean society where yeah. let's say there's, they say something that I don't agree with, but I feel like my hands are always tied behind my back because if I have a rebuttal, then it becomes, you're such a disrespectful son. Like how could you talk back to your parents like that? <laughs> I'm like, you're literally so wrong, but I'm just going to swallow this pill and then just keep it inside of me and you'll see, I'll create a podcast. Where <laughs> <I'm> just- <laughs> To say everything I want to say on my podcast. <laughs> but I just, I feel like I just wanted to say that because I feel like a lot of our listeners have like, have reacted to our parent episode. Right, right. Listen, it's not bad if you have your own perspective on an argument. Yeah. And you know, like your parents might be wrong, but like, but I think the important thing that I just wanted to say, the feeling thing is like, it's sad when you go to a parent for something for comfort just something very minimal, you know, just for them to say it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, for some reason they can't provide that for you. That's very sad. And it's a very lonely feeling yeah. and it's really caused me to become depressed this week. Mm. So it's like, but, and you know, so if anyone else is feeling that it's a hard feeling and it's like, it's not easy. It's like, you know, right, obviously right. it's never going to resolve for the rest of my life, unfortunately, but that's how I'm feeling. How about you, Mary? How are you feeling? Um, I just wanted to acknowledge that Brian's having a hard time also. And I'm really glad not to be like, I'm so glad you guys are bummed because I'm like in a really bad place. Oh no. <laughs> oh my God. We're all so depressed. All right, listeners, no, if you're I mean, looking for a feel good like, episode, strap actually, in. I'm really glad that I thought it was a very healthy boundary that you shared that you are having a hard time, but didn't disclose specifics in a people pleasing mm-hmm. way because you weren't comfortable with that. I think that's really great. I aspire to that. Um, oh, because you can always tell if someone's sad and like, I'm so on your team, young me when I'm like, Oh, like something's wrong, but they're not going to tell me what it is. It must be me. You know what I mean? And then so like, <laughs> It's me. (laughs) Totally. So the fact that you guys can have a conversation where you're like, I'm still not going to tell you, but I promise it's not you. And this makes me feel better. And you like reinforce that action. I was like, this is so nice. I was like watching you guys on my screen be like, I like this show. (laughs) It's very soothing. They're so nice to each other. I read that recently. That's like another, it's like another way that narcissists react to stuff, like making everything about themselves. Like, it's me, isn't it? I'm a fuck up. Well, it's, it's narcissists. So now I'm like, addict, like addicts, basically. That's like every addict's favorite thing. It's like, I'm such a piece of shit. I don't deserve anything except for some reason, everyone is obsessed with me and I'm in the center of every dynamic that has to do with anyone else. Like, that's just like a pure thing. So, I'm doing really <laughs> shitty. Um, oh God. I'm, I'm yes. processing a lot of grief. Um, oh I am. And it's so funny because even saying that, like, I'm like, you're showing off. No one died. What's your problem? But I'm processing a lot of grief because, um, like I will. <laughs> coronavirus is only affecting me. No, Basically, like, COVID's been really, like, (laughs) fucked up, and my mom got sick, not with COVID, but she Mm. got sick in April, and they live in, my parents live in Texas, and then my dad got sick just as it seemed, like, my mother had surgery, and it seemed like she would be okay, and then my dad got sick with something a lot more um, untreatable and a lot longer, Mm. and the Mm. thing that I'm, I'm sort of dealing with, it's like, okay, you know how, like, Sometimes you're like the last to know when your parents are sick. And I don't know if this is like an Asian thing or it's like an everyone thing or just I have no Mm. idea. But like, right. So they're just really squirrely about it. And like, Mm. it's really fucking me up. And I'm like basically um, helping them a lot in terms of like doing scheduling. And they don't like neither of them particularly speak English very well. And so the things with like health insurance or like you got to get like from this specialist in order to see this person, da, 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 like all that stuff I'm doing. But yeah. the fucked up thing is I'm just now realizing that I have so much unresolved anger towards them. Mm. And I'm like mm. basically ignoring it so that 
I can be compassionate. And so like mm-hmm. in the multiverse, it was like, I'm in a, I'm like in a 12 step program. I'm like actually in two now I'm in therapy. I'm like, like mm-hmm. all this stuff is happening. Like the work is being done or whatever. So I was finally mm-hmm. at a place where I was like, Oh my God, I am angry at my parents for like the dysfunction that was like pervasive throughout my like childhood. I am angry mm-hmm. at the fact that their love language, the only love language that they had was either like being workaholics and totally absent or like super involved in other people's lives and totally absent. And like, mm-hmm. and that was like the way they provided for us. But like, it was this sort of like very typical immigrant dynamic where like they mm-hmm. showed their like burdensome love and devotion by ostensibly like ignoring us. And so I'm, mm-hmm. and it's, so it's, I'm sitting here and I'm not like, Oh, they did this. They did that. I mean, they were violent and they were ragers and they were just like mm-hmm. into corporal punishment and all this stuff. And, they didn't have good role models and they were just like really fucked up and happy. But I was finally getting to the place where I'm like, Oh my God, I can accept this while as an adult also holding true simultaneously that I love them and I have a lot of compassion for them. And now I am taking a caretaker's role in their lives. Hmm. So I was like on the way, but that timetable got kind of shortchanged because their need became so pressing. And so now I'm just stuck in this sort of schism of like, being super fucking angry and like super immature. Like there's a part of me, like this childish part of me that's like, we're not going to get our day in court. And so that Mm. child is like freaking out, but Mm -hmm. I'm in a good place despite all of these things, because I'm like, Oh my God, this is the thing I've needed to deal with my whole fucking life. And now that I'm like sober and like, I have a lot of help with my eating disorder. I can finally look at it. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm terrible. Like I've been crying for like three days and like, but I'm finally like, Oh yeah. Like this actually feels like the thing and not like the symptom or distraction. The anger. Yeah. The anger. Right. And and just justified anger and not rage, but just like anger because of this. Justified anger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't even involve them. Like I don't have to tell them. Mm -hmm. I just have to like sit with it and tell myself and receive it and accept it. I feel like we're at very similar places with our journey, uh, with our emotions to our parents. And I feel like, uh, I say this a lot because a lot of people that come on the podcasts are are at this place where they're still sort of like selfless with their parents Mm. and they're still like oh my parents have to do everything and that through therapy and this journey I'm like no I deserve to come to terms with the anger that I feel for the abuse that I endured as a child and the same thing you said it doesn't have to involve my parents I'm just processing it on my own I don't have to call them and scream at them all day you know like they can live their lives but I see it as a important step towards you know healing yourself as a person outside of your parents as an adult so totally like I can't you know like different soul cycle instructors have said in my rides like it's like the only way (laughs) over is through and it's like you know it's completely banal trite but it's like yeah I just have to I just have to process this so that when I do something in service of their well-being it's not out of resentment and it's not transactive Mm, yep. you know like I had this like fantasy because as my parents mortality come into question I'm like oh my god this is it we're gonna have our like k-drama moment like we're gonna have a come to Jesus they're gonna realize what they did I'm gonna forgive I'm going to forgive them for the things that they did and miraculously despite our language barrier they're going to be able to enumerate to me all of their like failings in a way that will be satisfactory Mm -hmm. to me and like I just fantasize about this magical conversation with both of them and like I'm finally Mm -hmm. in a place where I'm like bitch the talks aren't coming Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. and I feel good about like starting to do the work around what letting go of that looks like Ooh, that's seriously also where I am it's like it's never there's never going to be an apology and the anger where does the anger go? You know, like, it's like, I see it burning off and like, that's also kind of like where I am at too. Also, I just want to, I just want to point out that I'm glad that you said the word anger because especially for Asian women, Mm -hmm. you don't allow, you're not allowed to have any anger. 
And if you do, it's some sort of weird fetishized, like, ah, dragon lady. Like, totally. she's going to suck your dick. Or <laughs> like, it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're, but we're angry. And we're, and I think the important thing that you said was justified anger. Mm. It's totally. justified to be angry that you were like neglected as a child by your parents. Is it their fault? No, but That's like, you can be angry. That's the thing. I am yeah. angry, but I don't need a culprit. Right, and I don't exactly. need your permission to be angry. And I don't need your agreement that I'm angry either. And that actually uh-uh. the utility that I'm discovering now, because I'm like such a rager, mm. like, and rage is just, um, that's a tantrum and that's a meltdown and it has no utility. And it's usually scattershot. It's usually not justified because you yourself have not divined as to what the source material for that is. You're just, Spazzing because you've either ignored it or like someone triggered you or whatever, but that's not what you're angry about. But anger in itself is like, oh, I was violated mm-hmm. and like I was compromised of my agency in this particular act. You know, it's not like who you were, it's this thing you did. And like that is anger, and that's what I'm processing. And it's it's really nice because I don't have any memories prior to the time I, I had like four memories before I was like 22. And now, oh, really, totally. I'm like so. Wow. I'm so blacked out because, you know, I, I started drinking when I was like 11. You know, like, and then like, attention from the opposite sex came in at 13. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then like food and dieting and body obsession came in, and so like, I had a lot numbing out, mm-hmm. and so I, I and as a result of that, I don't have access to a lot of my memories. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have a lot of memories. Maybe I don't. I mean, I have like a handful of memories, but I have old memories. I don't have have like different memories, but you know how some people are so good at being like, oh yeah, in eighth grade, and I don't have that. Mm. I like actually I feel like I've heard that from other people. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's a white people thing where they're like, "Oh yeah, and then my birthday that my parents didn't ruin, there was this thing that I actually wanted because <laughs> that they could like display that they knew me as a human being like external to themselves." I'm just like, "What is that like, you know?" <laughs> well, um uh, I feel like we have like very similar stories. I'm glad that I said, I'm glad that this is when the, the week that you were on is when I had the fight with my mom. <laughs> like, yeah. We're like really talking, but I just want to, um, emphasize, I, I don't know. I just want to say it one more time. Cause I feel like this is very important. Anger isn't bad. It's not bad. Sometimes it's, like it's if it's scary. like if you're punching people out, it's scary. If you're punching people out for no reason, then there's something going on there. But that's not anger. That's rage. But that's not anger. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But if, if there's something that, I guess what I'm trying to say is if there's something that fucked up that happened to you, even if it's your parents, you have the right to feel angry about that. Like. Totally. It doesn't mean you have to go punch them or whatever, but like you, you can feel angry about it and you, you know, you should, you should. Yeah. And also you're angry at the, not at the behest of the part of you that can't defend themselves, which is like this child person that's always wounded. Like that's the thing about anger too, that I'm learning. It's that like, I felt powerless for so much of my life and voiceless for so much of my life because both my parents are Mm -hmm. incredibly controlling. And like, Mm. as a result, like it's really hard for me to access anger. Like it's really scary and I think it'll kill me. And it's like, yeah, and, but then again, I think like even like the lowest discomfort and inconvenience will kill me. Like I'm such a pussy about like most things, but like <laughs> anger is good. You have to defend like your, I hate, I hate the more therapy and like, like 12 step program stuff I do, the more like words that I used to despise, like inner child. I'm just like rolling my eyes. I'm like actually deploying words. Like you have to defend your inner child, but it's just true. (laughs) Well, this is like something that I learned in therapy and it made so much sense to me. You know, the, you know, there's like your inner child thing. Like, I know it sounds like such like, especially if you haven't been to therapy, it sounds like such like therapist lingo, but I feel like once you actually are like introduced to that concept in therapy and in a, like a way where they will like, you know, explain it to you. You're like, Oh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. And it also answers for so much, so many of like the questions that I have around my executive decision-making skills. I'm like, Hmm. who the fuck agreed to do this thing for no money that you hate? And I'm like, Oh, it's like the kid you that is like 
dying to please your absent parents who just yes will always mm. criticize you until the day just you die. Be liked. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like before we let that person like say yes until the rest of us die out of resentment like let's take a moment but like yeah it answers for a lot of like i'm super immature about a lot of things Mm. is your writing a conduit for these unresolved feelings i've only ever written about moms so (laughs) what do you think (laughs) Uh. (laughs) oh i'm noticing something (laughs) totally it's like i don't know i mean Mm. Yeah, of course. And a lot of the things it's really sad that I noticed this recently is that like a lot of my stories with these moms is like fanfic for like aspirational mm. stories that I wish I experienced with my own mother. And it's so, that's so oh. sad. But it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, totally. it, it, it seems like a, a nice place where you can like exhibit a little bit of control and a control a situation. Yeah. I mean, it's being an author is fucking weird, especially as a, someone who has a lot of mental health issues. It's like, it's on one hand, it is restorative because that can be really healing. On the other hand, it's not good for like control issues, mm. you know, cause I'm like, I'm master of this realm. I have created this entire thing, you know? And then, or like everybody does what I want them to because it's literally yeah. what's happening. It's also mm. not great for like isolationists. Like my thing mm. is that I find it really hard to, stand up for myself so it makes it hard to interact with other people and so like I isolate a lot and mm-hmm. the other thing too is that like I'm always busy and I'm already like a little bit scatterbrained and dissociative but like if I have characters who are talking to me then that's usually a safer and more enjoyable place than me than anything that anyone in real life can give me except mm-hmm. that is like the fastest conduit to like depression and like suicidal ideation that I could ever imagine, like just staying in my stories. So Mm -hmm. it's something that is a gift, but it's also like, I hate that I can make an, I hate that I'm such an addict that I can like be addicted to my work like that. I'm just like, that seems so dumb, but like, it's just, (laughs) it just is truthful. Right. Right. So I heard you saying that you are doing the 12 step program and you Mm -hmm. mentioned um, getting a good handle on eating disorders that you've had in the past. Um, And so I I don't know if listeners know this, but we do send like a list of questions usually to people. And one of the questions is, how do you feel about your body? And it's meant to be like in terms of like an Asian American person, but obviously you don't have to put it into those terms. So like, can I ask you right now, how do you feel about your body? I feel weird about my body. Like I am in my forties, which is weird. Mm. Like it's, you know, the whole joke of like how Asian don't raisin, like it starts Mm -hmm. to dehydrate around 40, like perceptively, like, Mm. but you know, like I, you know, I actually identify as having an eating disorder pretty much constantly because it's it's my head up display. It's the operating system that I have. It's not something that because the behavior stops that I'm like suddenly free of it. It's like, mm-hmm. and that's obviously just for me that I'm not saying that if you've had treatment in your life and like you feel free of your eating disorder, that that can't be true for you. But like, I'm a bulimic and I didn't know that not throwing up, like I thought I was cured because I stopped throwing up. Until mm. in my thirties, mm. I threw up again, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that was that came with a lot more self hatred and shame than the last time." So that's interesting. But mm. you know, working out like like eating something and then having to work out until that thing is neutralized is also bulimia. It's exercise bulimia, mm-hmm. or like oh. people, yeah, or like um, laxative abuse. That isn't a part of my story, but that's like a thing with other people. Right. Um, like just all this stuff and. Or, like, I would not eat for, like, a really long time. And then, like, in order to save up for a meal that I was going to have where I was going to just obliterate myself. Because I loved the, I loved being full because it was so numbing. Mm. Um, and because it was, like, it was so physically uncomfortable that I would leave my body faster, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I know that mm. depending on my disposition if I look in the mirror and I, and I hate what I see, it has so much more to do with what's going on with me emotionally and often spiritually than it does that I've gained weight or something. My eyes are fully broken, right. but right. 
you know, and so it's really hard to be in my body. Like I self-abandoned a lot. Like I think when I was younger, there was just a lot of like, I would just like fling my body at like in really fucked up situations. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this person scares you, but maybe has something you want. Like just fling your body into that direction. And I would just retrieve it on the other end. And I was like, that was bad. That person's maybe a monster. (laughs) That person molested you. That's fucked up, you know? But Mm -hmm. now it's like, and also COVID's weird because it's like the health aspect of it. I'm like, bodies are vectors. I'm like, if only Mm -hmm. my mind could detach from my body, we'd be safe from this like horrible disease, you know? (laughs) So that's tough. But now it's like, I have a lot of gratitude. Like the part of what's happening with my father is that his body is deteriorating. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh shit, like... I really can begin to tap into the gratitude of just being able to use my arms and legs. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that this, there's this weird fucked up thing too, where like, because Korean society is like, so like you have like being not fucking skinny Mm-hmm. is like mm. unfeminine first of all the gender binary I mean, is just I, was, like so I thought you were gonna say unacceptable because it's right. literally unacceptable super unacceptable it's it, literally unacceptable it's unacceptable right, right. but also yeah. it's like it's like it's really unfemale and it's unacceptable right, right. and it's like it's 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 monstrous and it's all this stuff and like mm-hmm and it's a sign of a lack of control it's a sign of just all these things that you're not on top of and you know, I find mm. I, I think that that's really toxic to be raised by people who are raised in that sort of headspace, and so yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I don't know, I don't hate my body anymore, and that's a lot. And I'm not obsessed with my body yeah. anymore. Oof. Honestly, Mary, I'm getting so I'm literally crawling out of my skin listening to you because I feel like everything you're saying is so spot on with what I go through. It's I'm like it's literally so hard for me to sit here and listen to you because it's like, it's making me so uncomfortable. And I like, just cause it's so, it's just literally everything you're saying is just exactly what I'm going through. And it's crazy to hear somebody say that because, you know, on here I've said just like, I have, I have eating disorders. I never really go into it, but it's just like every single thing you're saying is just literally true for me. And it's, it's really bizarre, like sitting here listening to somebody say that. It's hard. It's like women and their bodies. It's fucking weird. And not to say that it's relegated just to women, but like, I do think that there are a few layers in terms of like how our bodies always feel a little bit outside of our control because they change every fucking month in accordance with the literal goddamn fucking moon. Like that shit is fucking wild, especially if you're a control freak. And Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the eating disorder thing is really interesting because it's like food was my best friend. It was like my most available comfort until it turned on me, aka until yeah. like I abused my body with it. And but something that was really interesting uh, that is a definition of an eating disorder that I never thought of until I sought recovery, which is that like if you think having a different body will make everyone treat you differently and will like demonstrably change your life, then you probably have an eating disorder. Mm. Mm. It's just like, which is literally almost everybody, which is literally being honest. Yeah. And like, and I'm not trying to yeah. be here. Like, you know, I'm not trying to just proselytize or like, you know, anoint everyone with some sort of like eating disorder wand or whatever. But like, that was really true for me. Like I really thought that losing 15 pounds would get me a different job. Like I really fucking Mm. believe that. Um, the other thing that the other definition of bulimia that was so interesting for me is because I didn't think that I was bulimic because I don't throw up. And someone said like, if you can follow this, you're good. If you eat it, you keep it. And I was like, ew, Mm. how dare you? Like Mm -hmm. I can just cardio this away or I can like starve the next two meals this away or like I can do this or that or like, you know, enemas, whatever. But like, yeah, like a little bit, that's how I sort of keep my bulimia in check. I'm like, if you eat it, you fucking keep it. Yeah. That's also how I keep my bulimia in check is like, I go through like long phases of like extreme dieting. And then if I have like a month of just doing whatever I want, I'm like, well, it's okay. Cause for the next four months, I'm just never going to eat a carb or something. Yeah. Like I, but that's also not, 
that is also disordered eating. Totally. And I, it's like yeah. like that whole weight cycling where you're like, I can do this because I have a, th- a three pound margin or like, you know, that mm. like I yeah. gained, there's people in my program who have lost 100 pounds and up, but then there are people mm. like me who have gained and lost the same eight pounds thousands of times and are going fucking crazy as a result of it. Well, I want to thank you for um, sharing a lot of these complicated (laughs) feelings um, succinctly. And uh, as Youngby mentioned, it's it's really hard and it's hard to put into words. And I think you, um, a lot of the things you said resonated with me. And I want to shift gears a little bit. And um, that is, you have a you have a new book coming out. I do soon, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about it? Totally. It's called Yoke. And it uh-huh. is coming out in March, March 2nd. It's about two Korean sisters who swap identities because one of them gets sick. And the, mm. the one who gets sick doesn't have health insurance. Um, mm. But they don't get along. And it's based in New York. And it's a lot of like, um, you know how like Korean families compare the kids all the time? And there's a lot of erasure. Oh, and it's like, you're, you're like, you don't get to be your own person. And like you know, all that stuff. So it's like really complicated because one sister is like successful, has a good job, never worried the kid, like parents, blah, blah, blah. And like the other sister is like more lost and depressive and all this stuff. And so it's just about Mm -hmm. the interplay and the tension. And then also just how like fucked up it is and how interchangeable they are even to like the like healthcare system. Right. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. That sounds fascinating. All right. Well, that was so exciting. Well, okay. So we got into some really heavy stuff (laughs) this week. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, I think this was a very good and healthy way to display how different Asians display and process hard things. You know, it's totally valid if you're going through something hard and it's a private moment for you, like Brian, if you're, you know, like Mary and I, and like part of my uh, way of like dealing with things is like just telling everybody about it, which is probably not, not okay. (laughs) It's just like very, I have bad boundaries. I'm just telling my cab driver, like, let me tell you my mom, what my mom said to me, sir. (laughs) And you know what? If that's how you process stuff. give me a five star, please. (laughs) He's like, oh, that sounds horrible. Oh my God. (laughs) You know what? Whatever way you need to process, if you want to come on a podcast and talk about it, if you don't want to ever tell anyone, those are all valid ways to process hard negative you know things and trauma and i'm proud of all of us for doing what we needed to do but speaking of being proud young me being proud before mary you go can we ask you what is something that you're proud of i don't know like i'm really sometimes i like look at myself like actually dealing with my feelings and it's a little bit like watching a dog play poker i'm like holy shit look at you like processing an emotion in real time this is crazy i mean and it might be like I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, like, really proud that shame doesn't stop me from, like, crying for three days. Mm. And I'm, like, I don't know, I'm, like, proud that, like, I eat meals now and, like, I can take care of myself in that way. And I'm proud of the fact that I will never, ever be on another diet for the rest of my life, no matter what happens, because I'm not down to betray myself like that anymore. That is so powerful. Yeah. That is so powerful. Yeah. It it does feel like a betrayal. Totally. I'm also proud of you. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Can I do that for myself? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. We're all trying. I'm so proud of you. Dude, it, honestly, as someone that's going through the same thing, it's the hardest thing to eat. I mean, I can't even imagine saying something like, I'm not going to betray my body anymore. By putting myself through another diet. That's powerful. I'm proud of you guys for being willing to process your emotions. Like it's hard to like let let the dirty laundry hang out as Asian people. Like it's so antithetical to every sort of piece of hardwiring in us. Oh. Oh. Thank we you, did Mary. It. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Um where can our uh, yeah this was a fantastic episode and thank you again for joining us and where can our listeners find you and your work 
Um, my website is troytotheworld.com and that's my um, name on all social media, which I these days post very reluctantly and in a cursory manner. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, like also, yeah, you can find my books anywhere that books are sold and please pre-order Yoke if you feel so obliged. Um, yeah. Where can we pre-order it if we're not trying to use Amazon? Actually, that's a really good question. And I, I would, if you pre-order from Books Are Magic, a book, um, a bookstore in Brooklyn, I think that's the mm. place where I will be actually doing signed copies. But book, Ooh, Bookshop um, is a wonderful option because it does a lot of shipping for independent booksellers that maybe don't have the inventory or the resources. And mm -hmm. so Bookshop is wonderful as well. And oftentimes competitively priced, if not even more sweetly priced than the other places. Okay. Amazing. Great. How about you, Brian? Where can our listeners find you? Uh, you guys can find me on socials at it's Brian Park. And what about you, young me? Uh, YM Mayor everywhere. And then please follow our podcast page at Feeling Asian Podcast. That's on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, if you're in need of a sound engineer, please consider hitting up Sarah Pack. Uh, you can do so on Instagram at I am underscore P-A-K-T. And if you enjoyed this episode and like our content, please consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And you get bonus episodes on there. And a lot of times you talk about our dating lives. Like we talk about all the nitty gritty details. And just as a nice uh, yeah. bow to this episode, you get a nice shout out. And sometimes we'll put you on blast for enjoying anal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.